For very, very good reasons, health professionals all over the world are focused on communication about the COVID vaccines. If you're one of these people, stay tuned. I'm going to give you four ways to stop and think about your vaccine communication. Welcome, everybody. This is 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication. From Health Communication Partners, I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. Today's episode is sponsored by Maven Roth Group. Maven Roth thanks our healthcare heroes for all their hard work during this incredibly difficult time. Maven Roth can help take some of the work off your already full plate because they've been teaming up with hospitals and practices for years, helping them communicate with their audiences through print, social media, and more. Now let Maven Roth help you create and share your COVID-19 messaging. Visit mavenroth.com today. Now, as nice as it would be to have a one-size-fits-all way to communicate about the vaccine to everybody that would work 100% of the time, we know that that's not realistic. So what I'm going to talk to you about today is how you can stop and think about whatever vaccine communication you're doing to help make it better in terms of making sure that your words are in line with your values. Now, the context for today's episode is, of course, the COVID vaccine. In this series, I try to keep things applicable across contexts. So I'm going to invite you to think about what's beneath the hood of your communication about vaccines, COVID-19's vaccines, and any others. Because reflective practice can help us get a little bit of distance from the day-to-day and take a look at what we're doing get some emotional distance in this very emotional topic and see if we're saying what we mean to say and if our words really are in line with our values. All right, so let's go. Number one, what kind of person are you trying to be or sound like? If you're writing, what kind of a voice are you giving your organization? How's your language reflecting this? Communication is about more than imparting information. I've said it before, going to say it again. One of the things that's also going on is you're hoping to show yourself as a certain kind of person or organization. You can't help but speak from your own position. Now, when it comes to vaccination, your position is probably do it. You're also speaking from the blend of the personal and professional cultures that you're a part of. You're speaking from your organization's history, speaking from the history of healthcare and public health. And when it comes to vaccines, these collective histories are complicated. Nonetheless, we can all fall into the trap of thinking that our ways of seeing things are normal or common sense. So when speaking or writing about vaccines, remember where you stand, how you're seeing how you got there. If you'd like a bit of practice, listen closely to the next person you hear speaking. What kind of person do they reveal themselves to be through their language? All right, number two. Might have heard this one coming. What kind of person do you think your patient is? Or if you're writing, what kind of people do you think you're writing to? What do you tend to think of people in that social group? How does your language reflect this? Now, conversations about vaccines 
can present challenges because of the tendency to focus on social groups who are either expressing interest in not being vaccinated, or they're expressing skepticism, or they're expressing their intention to remain unvaccinated. Now, when you've got the majority of health professionals who are on team vaccinate, there is a kind of built-in battle. Think about how many well-meaning posts that you've seen or presentations or talks about vaccines and how many of them are framed kind of antagonistically. Conflict isn't great for any relationship and it can bog down communication. An us versus them attitude can also have the effect of short-circuiting any attempts you would have made to try to find out people's reasons for thinking what they think. So take a close look at your language. Keep an eye on how your word choice or framing, even conversational dynamics, might unintentionally be reflecting biases or stereotypes, including those about social groups such as anti-vaxxers or people who are reluctant to be vaccinated. Here's a trick that can help you become sensitized to framing and word choice in language. The next time you hear someone speaking in the media or you read a statement from an organization or even see an ad, ask yourself, who do they think you are? How can you tell through the ways they use language and images? And if you want to go further in being able to spot bias in your own language and in your organization, check out my Addressing Implicit Bias audiobook bundle, digital download, available immediately, and you'll be supporting this podcast series and your own professional growth. All right, number three. What do you tend to assume normal people do in terms of keeping healthy? What do you consider normal knowledge, beliefs, assumptions about vaccines and vaccination? I ask this because when we're not hearing from a person or a group, what we think is normal or basic or fundamental, that perceived gap between what we expected to hear and what we're hearing can become our focus. That is, sometimes we can focus on a person or a group's perceived weaknesses based on what we think is or should be normal. This risks getting close to a deficit perspective. You've heard me talk about deficit perspectives before. They can hurt the relationship. They can also hurt your chances of being helpful. Now, communication about vaccines can surface differences in people's knowledge, beliefs, and assumptions real quick. And once you get to thinking that you're not on the same sheet of music as the person you're talking to or writing to, all sorts of kind of mental and emotional barriers can emerge. This is because it can be easy to regard the ways that other people understand vaccines or act upon health information as problematic, especially when it's not what you think is or should be normal. Your assumptions about what's normal inform the style and the content of your communication often unconsciously. So be ready to look closely at what your assumptions are because they're turning up in your words. Okay, finally, number four, 
If your audience's attitude toward vaccines, vaccinations differs from yours, how or under what circumstances might their attitude make sense? This one's perhaps the most difficult to do, and I'll argue it's the most important if you really want to educate and not just lecture or lose your chance. Let's dig in. Health professionals like yourself have some of the best informed stances on vaccines and vaccinations on the planet. They're built on decades of research and some of the latest science. They're supported by your study. They're enriched by your years of experience and your your participation in professional communities. The rest of us non-specialists are also walking around with ideas about vaccines and vaccinations. These ideas may or may not have scientific merit, but just like yours, they are based on our experiences, our knowledge, and our communities. Differences in ideas can feel like barriers to communication, but as the holder of the expert information, it's part of your job to make the connection between where your audience is at and where you're at. In order to do this, You need to know where you're at, hence question number one. But you also need to take seriously what that person or group thinks about the topic at hand, vaccines. Even for just a moment, try to find a part of their understanding that makes sense to you. The faster you can see the sense behind what your audience is thinking, the faster you can get on with communication that's going to connect to them. So keep in mind that whatever your audience says is related to assumptions or beliefs that they hold and that these assumptions or beliefs make sense to them. Now, I've focused in this short episode on interpersonal conversations, a bit of mass communication, but there are systemic factors at play too and serious work to be done here. If you'd like help with this in your organization, contact me. Visit healthcommunicationpartners.com, click on contact, find me on Twitter, find me on LinkedIn. This has been 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication from Health Communication Partners, and I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. Thanks for listening to 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication from Health Communication Partners, LLC. Find us at healthcommunicationpartners.com.